Everybody, live from Koreatown, it is Omar and Terry Miller, and we are the Ozone. Oh, it's been a minute, ladies and gentlemen, but we have so much action to cover in real life and beyond. Woo-wee, how you feeling over there? To infinity and beyond! <laughs> uh, it's, been a, it's been a rough period. Sorry we missed last week, guys. We had, uh, I got great news. We got a, a television show, got picked up. I did a pilot. A lot of you guys follow me on social media. You saw it. It's called The Unicorn. It's going to be on CBS and uh, seems to be playing really well. So I went and did this very interesting ceremony called The Upfronts where they try to sell advertising space on the show. And that caused me to miss last week's podcast. Thus, that caused you to miss last week's podcast. But now we're here and we're ready to go. So should you get a timeout? Uh, What do I need a timeout for? You missed last week's podcast. I don't understand. But <laughs> what we need to do is to get right into it. And I want to start with some condolences. You know, a couple of years ago, I went down to Texas to the only uh, Formula One race in America, in the United States of America. And there's only two in North America. There's one in Mexico City. There's three. I'm lying. There's one in Montreal, one in Mexico City, and one in Texas. So the only one we got in the United States is down there in Austin. And I went and I had a good time. And because of a connection... Uh, I had through a watch sponsorship, I ended up hanging out at the Formula One suite of AMG, which was Lewis Hamilton, which is the best driver in the world, which is his car. So I got a, a tour before the race. We ran around with uh, Lewis and his brother, and it was great weekends. Me and my buddy Hill Harper went down there for my birthday. And actually, right when I was on the track before the race starts, it's such a beautiful ceremony that they have. Uh, there was all kind of people out there. Bill Clinton was out there. Michael Douglas was out there. Like, you name it. People were out there. It was it was a crazy experience. A-listers. Yeah. And one of the guys that I met was the subject of that film, the 2013 film Rush, the Ron Howard movie, mm-hmm. was Nicky Lauda. And he was a four- or five-time F1 champion. Uh, he's Austrian. And he was the man who got burnt up in a car accident, and it was amazing that he even survived. And because of that injury and near-death experience, he lobbied for safer conditions on the track. Well, he also lobbied to bring Lewis Hamilton over to Team AMG and said he saw something in him, and if he could get him the right equipment, he could make him the best, and that's exactly what happened. And Lewis Hamilton is now, I think, eight-time world champion or something crazy like that. So was it like a pass-the-torch situation? No. He'd, he had been retired, well-retired. He'd mm-hmm. been retired for years and years. He was he was an owner of the team. He's a part of the, the, the architect of the team. And I, I met him out on the track, and he was so cool. I saw an interesting thing about him. They said that after he got burned up in that accident, he went to race. They didn't think he would. They read Two him, days later. They read him his last rights, and I thought it was 40 days later he was back on racing again. Man, monster. That's monster. unbelievable. Yeah. And uh and I think he won I'm sorry, I think he won the title a year later. Mm. And I think the only reason he didn't win the title that year is because he had to miss a race on the circuit because of the injury. So uh so we meet him out there and I had a great conversation with him. Turns out he liked some of my films and whatnot, which was great. And he took it upon himself 
to ask me what my level of experience was with Formula One. And I told him I have no experience. I just like race cars. And, you know, I've been to the Indy, uh, Indianapolis 500, and I like Indy cars. He was like, oh, no, this is, this is a whole nother level. He was like, you come with me. You, you come with me. So his nickname was The Professor, and I got to spend the afternoon getting a tutorial from Nicky Lauda on how to watch Formula One racing. Really? And all of the inside stuff, just like how we like baseball, and if we take somebody to a baseball game, we tell them, no, 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 see, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Even though the ball's not coming to him, look at how he moved, or look at this, look at this secondary lead, look at this, look at that. All of that stuff, and I watched Lewis Hamilton clinch the the championship, basically, that day, and Nicky just was there telling us the whole thing. And he was just – he gave me personal tutelage and talked to him about coming, staying at the house the whole night. Really, really great man, and he was really great to me. It was a great special time. And uh, he passed away. He passed away. The details are are a little bit scarce, but I think that's how they do it in Europe. They don't do like we do here and get all in your sauce and tell everybody exactly what happened, how you passed, blah, blah, blah. How old was he, 70-something? He's only 70. He's only 70. But given the, what all the different stuff that he went through in his life, uh-huh. uh, he had not only had gotten burnt up in the car, he had multiple fractures. He'd had a lot of different ailments, and he was still vibrant. He's still full of life, was still a survivor. And he even started an airline company that he sold. The guy, he, he, man. He got a full one. He got, he had a full one. He really did. So just wanted to, to send my condolences and share that story with the audience about my experience with the great Nicky Lauda on Formula One. Condolences to his family and uh, to his, his Formula One family because those guys, just like many athletes, are a unit, you know. Uh, but moving on. We had a fight this weekend, a heavyweight clash. From the champion of the world, the Bomb Squad was in town at Barclays against Dominic Brazil. Now, we spoke about Dominic Brazil before. I wasn't a big fan. I didn't necessarily believe what he was selling. But he did go seven rounds with Anthony Joshua a few years ago. And it looked like he just needed to get in shape to be a better fighter. Right. And it didn't seem like he was committed to getting in shape. At all. At all. (laughs) At all. And what I was convinced... During and after the fight is that he was looking for a paycheck. But then it was also the thing of a lack of discipline because he wanted some of the rewards and praise for just showing up. You know, Definitely. And that's not enough. You have an opportunity to get a heavyweight title. You should show up prepared. The heavyweight title, like a big one, the, yeah, the green belt. The green belt. Come on, man. And the whole time, you know, the buildup to the fight was about bad blood. Excuse me. We we didn't get to speak on it, but we had some conversations off air because Deontay Wilder said he wanted to kill this man. Actually, he actually yeah. wanted to kill him. He wanted a body on his record, which is totally inappropriate. Completely. Out of line. It's disrespectful to everyone who has, has lost, their actually life. lost their life or their motor functions yes. or has degenerated in the ring. I don't know what made him go that far. Uh, there was a lot of squabbling about who said what, but apparently at one of his fights before he got into – Brazil got into a fight with uh, Deontay Wilder's brother, and some people said they were going to kill some people. Next thing you know, he said he was going to kill him. He told him, don't bring your kids to the match, all kind of stuff. Talking crazy. Not recanting. And not recanting. Actually being kind of like cute about it, which yeah. was even worse. And he he proceeded to knock him out. Uh, not before he got into himself a little bit of trouble. I've never seen a champ that's always in trouble. <laughs> it's like it's like a closer that always that Walks never has a guy. Yeah. Yes, never has that clean inning. Gives up a bomb. He's got a, a two one re- lead, and he gives up a home run to put you on. No, he's got a three. He's got a three one lead. He gives up a two run lead, then he then he doesn't get to save. He's got a three one lead. Yeah. He gives up a bomb to make it three two, and then walks the tie in run into the second on in scoring position. But he's that. Brazil looked like he had no interest not only in getting in shape, but in actually fighting. 
It didn't even look like he had a game plan. None. It, to move in slow motion. And you he know, looked slower than he looked in all of the other footage of the fights that I've seen him. He was slower. And this is amazing to me because he literally had some kind of fundamental skills about him. But I don't know what happened, where it got lost. It didn't seem like he prepared for anything. It didn't seem like he knew that he was – he talked about it before the fight about the right hand. But then he came in and just – was willing to get hit by one twos for two minutes and three seconds until the magic one landed that he stepped into. I mean, that cl- completely cleaned his clock. He should never be allowed in a ring again. Especially if he just doesn't want to commit to getting in shape. It's just not acceptable as a professional athlete, not just a fighter athlete, not being in shape. This is what you're paid to do. Well, especially if this is that's a big requisite of your job. It's not like you're a golfer, right? This is a, you're you're a fighter. I would like to see his training camp. Well, this is what I was going to say because the other part that was suspect was Virgil Hunter was his trainer. And now Virgil Hunter keeps ending up on the wrong side of fighters. I would like to know Virgil Hunter's record. Right? Because it seems like Andre Ward is the only person that he's ever been successful with. And it seems like Andre Ward may have made him more successful than he made Andre Ward. Right. And this goes back to the whole thing about the trainers actually starting, you know, the the, the flip of like when we were talking about with Gennady's trainer and the the, tra- right. the trainer starts to be a little bit more important. The trainer starts to be a star, yeah, it which is different star. than being a trainer. Yes. And, and, you know, what did you work on? What did you work on for 8 to 12 weeks? What did you work and, on? I and, need to know. And I got into a discussion with a few people about that because they were telling me now how Deontay Wilder would completely clean Anthony Joshua out. And I would just – I'd still believe that Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the game so far I agree. in sport because – Followed by Tyson Fury. Followed by Tyson Fury. Followed by Deontay Wilder. Yes. And because he's fundamentally sound. I mean, being fundamentally sound is so important on any level of sports that you play. Sure is. Whatever sport that you're in, if you're fundamentally sound – you actually have the upper the upper hand on whoever you're playing. If they're not fundamentally sound. If they're sound. not fundamentally sound. And yeah. if you're athletically superior, uh, forget, forget about, about it. it. Yeah. Come on. And and this was something that I just I mean, he talked so crazy and even though he talked like soft crazy, he well, this guy, he's got one punch. He can't do nothing to me. Yeah. Very soft, very like docile. And and the talk. thing of it is that it wasn't that he sold me on it. My thing of it is that he was fundamentally sound, and especially when I watch him fight Anthony Joshua, that he would be able to compete with him. And just just like we saw him hit Deontay Wilder, because he does have power, and he hit Deontay Wilder and got him off of him for a few minutes, for a few seconds. Off the, yeah, hit him on top of his head. Uh-huh. And that kind of power in a heavyweight fight can change anything at any time. Sure can. So if he came in there any kind of prepared, he was in the fight just because of his power. I saw no preparation. I saw no prep. I saw no preparation. This was and and I actually was happy that Deontay Wilder knocked him out. After I am too. And the the and I I'm not even, total waste. Yeah, eyes without a face. Got <laughs> <laughs> no human wrist. What is he? Eyes without a face. <laughs> He's eyes without a face. He was rolled up in the back of his head. <laughs> and what and 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 the the most amazing thing about the whole situation is he had the nerve to say afterwards he felt like the ref stopped the fight too soon. <laughs> I didn't hear that. You told me that. I was like, "Are you kidding?" And then he act like he knew, he didn't want to speak to you. You only get 10 seconds. <laughs> I wanted a minute and 10 seconds. <laughs> That's about how long he lasted in the fight. Shoot, he was stumbling around the ring afterwards before about a minute 10. Well, you know, and they said uh the reason that he didn't want to speak and Virgil Hunter tried to speak on his behalf is because Jim Gray kept it 100 with Deontay Wilder and said, look, man, nobody wants to see you fight the Dominic Brazils. People want to see you fight Fury again. People yeah. want to see you fight Anthony Joshua. 
That this is what people want to see. Are you down or not? Uh-huh. And then your man played Koi. Bomb Squad played Koi. First time I've really seen. I didn't under- go Koi. I'm telling you the truth. Bomb Squad sounded like he had some lightweight CTE after the fight, even though he didn't get hit much. Let's let's listen to what he had to say. I know a lot of people want to know when the, the Jasper fight happened. When? You know, all these fights. The great thing about this. It's all these fights are in discussion. You know, it's, it's like no doors are closed. All teams, all parties that's involved are talking. And that's the great thing about it. And we know that when the big fights happen, everything goes silent. There's too many people involved, too many opinions involved right now. And it's going to take my team and his team, maybe me and him as well, too, to sit down and just handle this and squash everything and, and get this fight done for the fans. But I want people to know. Go ahead. This fight will happen. The big fight will happen. I promise you that. We'll come patient, come time, and I just want you guys to have patience and have and give us a little time to make this thing happen. It's the way we all benefit from it. Not only just you fans, because we risk our lives in here. So we want to be. We want to make sure we ha- we get the best and the most money that's possible for we risking our lives. I mean, the head is not meant to be hit in the first place. So just let us let us get our time to to, to iron out our differences and. And you guys will know when it, when, it, when it happens. Yet you do recognize by what. So the champ, you know, kind of tripping over his words, I think that hit that he took to the top of the head might have had more of an effect than he showed. Because uh, the patience comes high. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the words of Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> oh, what is he talking about? But he, he was much less braggadocious about it. I'm glad that he didn't kill the guy so that we right. didn't have to have a conversation of whether or not it would be murder. If he was going to jail or not. If he was going to actually end up going to prison behind some bull. Um, but, you know, we also have some footage of what it is that Tyson Fury felt about the performance. They caught him in New York. Tyson, how's it going, man? Going good. I'm in New York. Sun is out. People's out. Everyone's in high spirits, and I'm feeling fantastic. I'm excited to see you, man. You look great. The suit looks great on you. Thank you. I have to ask, man. Um, that fight Saturday was pretty crazy. I gotta ask, what was your take? That 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 punch was pretty insane, man. Under two minutes. Yeah, what great, are your thoughts? Great knockout. Yeah. Highlight reel. Fantastic. Well done. Do, do you but, think that the but heavyweight was- boxing is not just about knocking someone out? Because when you can't land their punches, as we saw when Deontay Wilder fought the Gypsy King. You lose. You did something last year that many people, I mean, you, I, I'm sure you've seen the analogies, the memes of you as the Undertaker, man. You went down twice, you got up. No one has has, has, has done that. I mean, what does that say about you? It says I'm the Gypsy King, and I'm the Gypsy King for a reason. Okay. Are you excited when the time comes to get back in the ring with Wilder, man, honestly? Listen, Wilder is a bum. He's got a puncher's chance. That's it. Like I said, Wilder is a massive dosser. Yeah, and he works for me. Do you have any doubt that's that? It. That's all. That's all Wilder is. He's a big bum dosser. Bum city. Hashtag anytime, any place, anywhere. When we fight again, I promised him he'd be looking at the stars. So when the I, I'm sorry, man. Can I ask? Do you have a message right now for Deontay Wilder, man? Yeah, Deontay Wilder, go suck my nuts. <laughs> you want to do anything about it, bitch? Come find me. One last minute. I'm a knuckle dust. You know, I gotta ask one more real quick. Uh, what is it like actually being hit by that man? Uh, um, ain't so bad. Okay. I got up dinner, and that's it. If it, if it. Like I say, if he's got anything to say, come see me. Okay. We'll have a banner call fight for free in Times Square this evening. Lastly, let me ask. 
you heard what the gypsy Saint king had to say he knows he got him he knows he's got <laughs> and he looks great by the yes. way you should look him yes. he, he i looked looks, at him in another interview and he looked really really healthy he looks very he looks healthy. Like he's in a healthy space. He looks like he's in an organic, non-GMO space. He's dwelling and, there, and that's going to be a serious problem if he was moving like that at two sixty. And now he's probably down to two thirty-five. You think he's two thirty-five? I think he's still like two forty, two fifty. Two thirty-five, just, 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 just a nice one. You but know? but that's what I'm saying. He was two sixty-five on yeah. the night of the fight. It was a fl- it was a flabby. That's what he just lost one hundred and fifty yeah. pounds, hundred pounds, or whatever. He does for sixteen stone, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so. Tyson is not impressed. Nor should he be. Um, he should be the champion, really, right now. Crazy. Instead, they had to come up with a new title for him. And Lineal. <laughs> had to get the homie Lineal. Yeah, so, you know, I wasn't overly impressed. Wilder did exactly what he was supposed to do. The knockout was beautiful, but it also beautiful. seemed like Dominic Brazil, I mean, didn't go over the most basic thing that they teach you, which is to keep your hands up. Right. Where was his left? And it wasn't like so it was – yeah, and it wasn't like it was a sharp jab that set up the one-two. It was a slow push yeah. to lift his head that he stepped right into. To put on a swivel. To then knock it off of that swivel. Yeah. Knock it off. <laughs> Whatever. We didn't spend any more time talking about Brazil. Um, very interested to see what the next fights are. Eddie Hearn even said, listen, the next fight that happened, Wilder handled his business. In three weeks, we'll see if Joshua handles his business, and the next fight has to be Joshua Wilder. That's what Eddie Hearn said. Eddie Hearn said, I'm even willing to get out of the way because since me and Shelly Finkel don't get along, I'm willing to get out of the way to make sure that the fight happens. And this was, you know, Shelly Finkel has already stated that he would like to start talking or negotiating in 2020. Mm. I don't understand why we have to wait that long to get that to happen. I mean, because if Anthony Joshua can handle his business, anything can happen in the heavyweight division. If he can handle his business and get out there and put your boy Ruiz to sleep or just, you know, win the win the fight, there's no reason that that shouldn't be a go. I agree. I mean, it's too many. For later this year. Yeah, for later this year. I mean, we we could talk about filling up stadiums all around the world. It does you know. Man. Anthony Joshua's putting 80,000 people, 90,000 people in the seats. Himself, himself. more or less. Now, and I'll tell you what, the person who should be the rawest about this, in my opinion, is Dillian White. Because Luis Ortiz jumped in the ring afterwards, and he's a game opponent, even though he's not – I don't believe that that's his true age. Um, but DeLeon White did not get the shot that he was promised or that he was supposed to get to fight Wilder. Right. And primarily because Brazil, you come to find, is an Al Heyman guy. So Brazil ends up getting this title shot for back no reason. Situation. It's a backdoor situation. And and I wouldn't even be surprised. This is one of those fights where, with the way that Brazil fought the fight, I wouldn't be surprised if he threw the fight. Not that he, not that he would have right. won the fight anyways. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that with the effort that I saw or the lack thereof, I just I don't understand. Wasn't impressed. And it just he just didn't seem as though he was serious about winning the didn't fight. Seem like he wanted it at all. When you have an opportunity, because Deline White fought Anthony Joshua and it looked like he wanted it until wanted he, it. until he ran into something, then he felt like he. You know, what can you do? I still want it. <laughs> I, I want just it. can't I get just... my legs together. <laughs> no, my brain ain't working right. So he got short circuited. Yeah, the other fight in that uh, on that card, there was two other fights, but the other one of note was Gary Russell Jr. And honestly, Gary Russell Jr. has crazy hand speed. They say he's the guy has the fastest hands in boxing. He called out Leo Santa Cruz. He's called out Tank if he can't get that fight. He they call him you know Santa Claus because he fights once a year. It's pointless though. I mean, especially if you fight against the the, the talent that he just the low fought. caliber yeah. of talent. And that guy hit him a lot. Yeah, and he's old. 
as far as boxing years, he's old. Yeah. That's not I, acceptable. I agree. And why is it that we keep watching these kind of fights? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to see those kind of fights. No. I don't want to see that. Complete mismatches. You know, for me, watching heavyweight fighters fight, you always know that there's a puncher's chance that anybody can get put to sleep. We've seen everybody lose usually to, you know, in a heavyweight fight that you didn't expect by some form of punishment yeah. or, you know, a yeah. brutal knockout at Vander Holyfield, Muhammad Ali's law, everybody you know, got Joe some. Lewis, everybody. You know, even do, do, if they fight who they're supposed if, to fight, if they fight who they're supposed to fight. But you, with the, the smaller guys, you definitely need it's very, very important to put them in the right matchup. Because then you get these fights that we had uh, on Saturday, and they, that fight for Gary Russell wasn't up to code. Wasn't up to code. Now, what was up to code was that Super Series is continuing at 140. Yeah. And Josh Taylor won his fight setting up the championship fight with Arugaru Progray. Now, I wonder where that fight's going to be because I wouldn't mind sliding into that one. Yeah. And after watching Josh Taylor go to distance – I don't know why people – I don't know. Maybe they see something I don't see, but I don't think that – Maybe it's a style thing. Yeah, I think it may be a style thing. He's got he's got heart. You could see that mm-hmm. for sure. And they, they chomped a bit afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which they should have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I wanted to deal with in the boxing space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a caller we want to address, correct? Yes. Peace to the Miller brothers. This is Shantae McCoy. I'm a boxing promoter, and I was having a very – Interesting conversation today in regards to Dante, uh, Deontay Wilder and AJ Anthony Joshua. Um, my good man brought up the fact that he feels Anthony Joshua is a better boxer and he's going to be the one to put Deontay Wilder down. Just like Floyd Mayweather. We said the same thing. Oh, this next opponent is the one. His next opponent is the one. Well, he's got 40 knockouts. And we talk about the, the lack of fluidity in his boxing style. And as he goes further along, he's putting more and more things together. Two things I know. One thing for sure, two things for certain. In the heavyweight division, any man that gets clipped can go down. I know for a fact that Anthony Joshua has been put down a couple of times. Deontay Wilder has never been put down. He's been clipped, but he's always won the fight. So I think people need to pay attention. Styles make fights, and with the lack of head movement of Anthony Joshua and the big right hand of Deontay Wilder, it could spell problems for AJ. It's just my thought. Peace and love to y'all. Shante McCoy, appreciate the call. Peace and love back at you from the Miller Brothers. But I think it's a, it's a matter of opinion, and that's why we need to see the fight. Um, yeah. Because Anthony Joshua is more technically sound. He's bigger. He's as fast. And I I don't know how much less of a puncher he really is. He's just a more cautious fighter, I think. Yeah, and also I feel like even though Anthony Joshua has fought as what half the fights that Deontay has fought, yeah, but he's his fights are higher quality, better quality fighters. I would like to see how many rounds they each have. Yeah, you know, it would be interesting to see. But I think that um, 
definitely need to see. I'm still with AJ, and I would like to know. Actually, we need to put out a poll because I would love to hear from the fans and see who they think because I think there's a lot of prisoners of the moment right now. Yeah. Now, one thing that we have seen where the tables have turned is we've actually watched Deontay Wilder improve because he's gotten rounds. Right. And he got to go in the deep water with Tyson Fury. He got in the deep water with Luis Ortiz. Um, and for a long time, Deontay Wilder, even when he was a guest on the Ozone, I felt like he couldn't progress because everybody was getting caught juicing and he couldn't get rounds. Yeah, and we asked him that. He, yeah. he said that he wasn't getting enough rounds to even you know be considered a pound-for-pound champion. And now, Anthony Joshua. I, I don't know if Anthony Joshua has 15 rounds in the last two years. Good. Honestly. Yeah. And if he does, it's only – I know he had – I think the last fight was Povetkin and he went seven. Yep. And before that, I think he went the distance. That's when he went the distance with, with Joe Parker. Parker. Or or was it – um? I don't know, but it's so long ago. This yeah, might have been Chakam. And he and he can't he can't get fights. And you can't get better. And you it's can't get better. It's critical to get better. It's critical to get hit, which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you have to get used to getting hit. And Deontay Wilder has been more active, but round wise, Deontay's only had what thirteen rounds himself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just guys. You don't want to see guys fight more because of the damage, but at the same time, guys need to fight to get to the point. You know, get to the pinnacle. Yeah, to get to the mountaintop. <laughs> so let's move on a song from boxing. Want to talk about the NBA? How do you feel about what's going down in the league right now? Love to see the Greek freak doing his thing. I felt like he was unstoppable. He's proven to be unstoppable without a, a clean jumper. He attacks the basket. He's constantly moving forward. There's no answer for him if you want to play the style of basketball that they're playing nowadays. I watched the Warrior game yeah, last night. Nobody roughs him up. Yeah, which which is sick where everybody literally stands at the three-point line, Where whereas with him, he's going back to an old model of the game where you attack the basket, go to the cup, make guys grab you, make guys foul you, and then you get the team then, in trouble. Then you get the team in trouble. So all these other guys who've guarding, to me, they should be able to beat the Warriors because if he attacks the basket like that, that means that Draymond Green has to grab him or foul him, which and he's an integral part of their system and team, which would cause them a serious problem. Now they haven't gotten by Toronto yet. I was about to say let's let's stick to where we are now. Yeah, but that seems like just a formality. I don't feel like it's a formality because Kawhi Leonard could be the best player on the planet, but I do feel like I do feel like. Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can say that so definitively. He, nah, he's, he's better than LeBron James. He's right there. He's not better than the Greek Freak. He's not better than. Jimmy I think Butler. he's I better him. than the Greek Freak. Yeah, he's not better than the Greek. Freak. I like, I like, I, I like Kawhi's game, um, only because it's more refined with his jumper. Yeah, and he's also has championship experience. Um, but he doesn't the Greek have Freak is more. Does he? Kawhi Leonard? Does he got him one? He got him one. He has two. Two. He was on the Spurs, by the way. Yeah, but he was on the Spurs when they won their t- – wow, I'm sleeping. Yeah, he was on the Spurs. I think he's got at least two. He was on the Spurs when they lost to the Heat. He was on the Spurs when they beat the Heat twice, I want to say. When the Heat beat the Heat? No, when the Spurs, when they beat the Heat. Oh, I think you No, don't try to act like you didn't hear it. See how I had to deal with my brother. No, Ernie. you watch when you, you, you play yeah, it back. You guys you watch it on YouTube. When the Heat beat the Heat. I didn't say that. <sighs> Q-tips, ladies and gentlemen. This is a setup for our ad to clean your ears. <laughs> but – um. Yeah. Any. Either way you slice it, he did double dribble. <laughs> they should have called that on that dunk at the end of mm-hmm. regulation. I do believe it was in Toronto mm-hmm. because as much as Toronto had that game, if you will, it always felt like they didn't have the game. The the Milwaukee was able to hang out, hang around, and if 
Giannis hadn't uh, fouled out in overtime, I think they win the game. Yeah, and with Brogdon back, it makes a big, big difference. Huge difference. Because that kid was the rookie of the year. He can shoot. He's lights out. He's got good defense. And you you know, he, he completes the team. He completes the team. Completes and, the team. So, and you have, and that, the Lakers who gave away Brooke Lopez, now it's killing, making a killing. Killing it. And with that, that leads us to the other series. Now, you, you think you like Milwaukee in what, five, six? I I would have to give Golden State to go to the distance just because they're just the team, you know. No, no, no. I'm talking about Milwaukee against the team that they're playing now. Oh, no, that that thing ain't going the distance. That's it's not going seven. I didn't say. Wow, what is going on with you? I said you like Milwaukee in five, six. No, I like them to go the distance. Now they're not going the distance. No, I thought you said that you wanted. Them to I go didn't to run the tape back. I okay, just said I said I like I like running back. I, I, you start talking about Golden State going the distance. I'm saying that Milwaukee. How do you like Milwaukee beating Toronto? Five, six games since you're so confident about it. Yeah, five, five. Yeah, I'm, they they were lucky to win that game, and they've been dominated, literally dominated the other ones. So I can't see anything that they can actually do to make a difference. Mark Gasol is sluggish. Yeah, he doesn't look like himself. I mean, you you literally have. I mean, the only way that I can see them winning is if Giannis can't play. Uh huh. There is no there is no answer for him, as I said before, in the NBA. Well, I'm not a uh, souffle. I'm not a. I'm <laughs> not a as sold as you are about Milwaukee, but they were the best team in the league the whole year. Um, so I think I'll, I'll, I'll give Toronto some, I'll put some respect on Toronto's name and say it's six, but could be five, but let's talk about the other series that has since ended. The Golden State Warriors put the Portland Trailblazers out of their misery last night. And it was really disappointing to see because they got swept, but three out of those four games, I venture to say that the Blazers should have won those three games. And they, do you feel like that's Up by double digits in yeah. each one of those games? Now, is that a, an experienced thing or is that bad coaching? Combination. It's Be- bad coaching mixed with the lack of experience. Stops, by the way. I think that this helped him out this year. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that bad coaching, along with the injury, obviously, because if they had their other big man, uh, Nirik, Nirich? Uh-huh, Nurkic. Nurkic. And I never say his name right. Um, if they had him, it would have been a different story. But, I mean, you're arguing that the, the Warriors are playing without two starters. So, you know, so there's that. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't. I don't even know how used the, the Warriors got to even playing with Boogie though. You know what I'm saying? He was there, but he was he wasn't like a. I, honestly, I feel like the Warriors, the core group of the Warriors, were busy this whole season working in not only Boogie but even finessing finessing Durant's present. Right. Because what you see is they're back to looking like they looked in 2015. They're back to looking like man, like they were with Harrison Barnes. And that version of the Warriors, which when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green light it up, you get two guys giving you a triple-double. They This is Compton and Long Beach together. This is a problem. Right. It's a serious problem. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to – What's uh, I don't know if the 10 days between the series is going to help them or hurt them. I think it only helps them in the sense of guys having time to get better. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it helps them in the sense of – the the chemistry that you need that they have rolling right now it's it's just i mean the chemistry is important but with Kevin Durant he hurts their group 
to me because they are definitely a better team without him. They didn't need him in the first place. They got him on the squad. Now everybody's coddling or trying to cater to to him, and that means that Steph can't do what he does, which is his specialty, and that means that Clay can't do what he does, and Draymond is definitely just sitting out trying to be a facilitator, which is not really what he does. He can he gets on the ground, he's grimy, he gets the loose balls, and then every time somebody does something, it's always deferred to Kevin Durant. That makes it a one-on-one team more so than it would be a complete team where you're kicking the spinning the ball around, and you know everybody getting there, you know everybody getting there. Touching the ball is very, very important. Well, you know what? I don't know if I can venture to say that they're worse because of him because he's such a great player. Yet at the same time, it the game seems uh, more fluid without mm-hmm. Boogie and Durant. You know, I, I feel like I was at the game when he torched the Clippers for 50. And he, he meaning Kevin Durant. And uh, it was pretty impressive to watch him do that. But it definitely didn't feel like the same Warriors teams from four to five years ago. Right. Where the ball movement, where the ball was the star as opposed to the players. You know what I mean? The ball movement and the defense. Well, you had two guys last night that had a triple-double. It's incredible. I mean, and they went to overtime. With Kevin Durant there, I don't think that you get that. I I think that he might be... They were getting blown out. I feel like if they weren't getting blown out, but they were down by, what, 13 to 15 points? Every every two games, two, three, and four, they were down by a minimum of 11 at some point. In the yeah, game. and if, if it wasn't for the coach, because we watched the coach let these guys, let them come back on him and then put his starters back in the game. I when, mean, I just don't understand how you go away from Myers Leonard. Yeah. I don't get it. And then when you when, then when you put him back in, when, when you put him back in the game, it's too late. The the Warriors, mo- and and, the, and the, once they get hot and the momentum is rolling, it, that say goodnight, Gracie. Yeah, it's too late. Now you bring him back in, and you, you we knew when we were watching the game that the game was over. The only people that didn't know that was the Portland Trailblazers. They didn't know. <laughs> you know, you watch these teams. They get their momentum going, and, and then you try to answer whatever that run was. But they're the best team in basketball. So there's – For years. For, for, for five years now. For a reason. For half a decade. They've been to the finals five years straight, and they're not going to break under pressure. So get that, that's what that's so what they're that not going to out of your mouth. Yes, you're going to have to learn on the fly how to close games out if you're the Trailblazers, if you're going to go against the Warriors. And I'm sick and tired of watching teams trying to out Warriors the Warrior. Oh, speak on it. So we've seen it with the Rockets. Now we've seen it with the Trailblazers. If you have a lead, you can trade baskets. Yes, especially when you have a double digit lead. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You have a double digit lead with a size advantage. Kill the possessions. Kill the clock and go to the rack and go to the rack. Myers some free throws. Actually, is seven one, so let him get in on the post. I know that he can shoot threes, but let him go to the between post. him and Canner. Yeah, and and let them work the clock. Even if you miss a basket, if you work the clock down, you will leave yourself with more opportunities. Taking a high percentage shot, then kicking the ball out and shooting a three. You bring in the second string and they shoot all threes. I I I would doubt if. That last five minutes, maybe three minutes, that they even tried to get like maybe to the cup. Yeah, to the cup. Maybe three times, four at it the most. Makes the game hard to watch. It's the game is hard to watch like that. It's hard it really to digest. Does. It I mean, is because I want to watch the guys play the game the right way. You want to see the ball move around, and if you get an open shot, that's great. But we're watching guys force three pointers consistently, and it's not cute. No, and it's, it's not a and, video. And game. actually, it the funny. The, I feel like. The tricky transverse thing about this whole situation is when you watch the Warriors, you think, okay, these teams are trying to out-warrior the Warriors by out-throwing them. But when you watch the Warriors, Steph Curry actually goes to the cup. Klay Thompson can go to the cup. They can hit threes, 
But they also, Draymond, when they got down by double digits, I don't believe that they came back via the three ball. They started to go to the basket and exactly. move the basketball. Exactly. And I put pressure on the oh, – man, forget about it. <laughs> Where you just attack the basket, which Giannis does as well. Where you're talking about a guy, but they shoot a lot of threes too. They shot the second most threes in the NBA behind the Rockets, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. But see, did. but the issue is, is when you go to the rack – the whole team has to collapse in the paint, exactly. which allows you open threes. Exactly, which changes the percentages at that point. And sure does. So, sure does. But I always want a guy in the post. We see no post play anymore in the game. The post play is gone. I know that everybody is saying that, oh, well, you know, the guys are better athletes and everything else, but the game is still designed for people with size. And the thing is, the guys are better athletes, which means that they're even closer to the 10-foot rim because of their uh, athletic ability. Well, Let's let's go back to the series before that when the six the Sixers played against Toronto. The reason yeah. why they lost that last game is because Joel Embiid was on the outside shooting threes and was on the outside trying to guard Kawhi Leonard at the end of the <laughs> game, and while Ben Simmons just looked on. Exactly. So why don't we just flip the script and start looking at more of the interior offense instead of the you know it's just terrible watching three after three after three. Man, it, it's it's a really, really it's a hard pill to swallow. It is. It's hard to swallow. Um, but the big news out here in Lakerland is Magic Johnson keeping it 100 and shaking up the world with his comments. Yeah. What's your take on Magic and how about LeVar Ball being right all along? <laughs> There's a clip uh, from when last time LeVar Ball was on uh, the Skip and Shannon show, Undisputed, and it, they asked him who was running the team. He said, I'm trying to figure that out myself. Yeah. And this is this is before. This is not This is not in light of this. He was like, I'm trying to figure it out because my I don't get the feeling it feels like Magic is just a figurehead. And, you know, LeVar Ball has now been put on everybody's pay-no-mind list, but this time it seemed like he had it right. Well, you know, Magic is a figurehead in a sense, but also they use him as a weapon just like you use Jerry West to get players to come and play where he can sell the Laker lure and just like Kobe Bryant. But the problem is that I think that the game, as far as what Magic thought that the game was or is, is has passed him by because the team that he wanted to put together, the pieces that he got trying to put together to beat the Warriors, which he had stated earlier in the season was that he was putting together a team to beat the Warriors – on paper or in real life, was not going to beat the Warriors. That team could not beat the Warriors with what he had put together. I don't know about that. that uh, and, and this is why I say that. with When when they were healthy, when LeBron James was healthy, mm -hmm. and the actual young guys were healthy, if you remember, they played them tough. When LeBron James got hurt, they actually went up there and ran the Warriors. Now, my, my, issue, my, issue is, my issue is this. I don't think that... Lance Stevenson and Beasley and all these guys. I think he would have done much better to keep Zoban and to keep uh, Zubak, Zubak, and never and Julius Randle uh, yeah, and yeah. Brooke Lopez, and we can go on and on. And all those are Magic Johnson. Yeah. And then Luke Walton gets blamed for it because Magic Johnson put together a bad unit. Because if Luke Walton could actually be the coach and say what he wanted to have plays that he wanted to have run and run the team like he wanted to run it. Not that I was there, but it seems to me from the outside looking in that he never had control over the team. And it doesn't matter who you bring in if they don't have control over the team. Well, and it seems as though LeBron James is is uh, had been listening to the Ozone uh, on the baseball portion because he was talking about how analytics don't are overrated in a certain way in a, in a recent social media post. And ultimately... What we need to find out is is who's going to have hard conversations with LeBron James. That's is, the bottom line. Is Frank Vogel willing to do it, or <laughs> or is it Rob Palinka, or is it Jeannie Buss, or is it no one? 
It would have situation to be when you when you literally are just submitting to the idea that this is LeBron James' team and we're going to do what he wants to do, no matter how we try to sell it in the public. And because it becomes evident when whose team it is when crunch time happens or when difficult times happen. Right. And not only that, you're talking about a guy who's bringing up the ball. You went and got point guards. You have Lonzo Ball. You have Ray, and you went and got Ray John Rondo. And then we have LeBron, um, um, LeBron James bringing up the ball. I mean, that defeats the purpose of going to get these point guards. What are they going to do? They're not playing off the ball. LeBron James can play off the ball. LeBron James is the star of the team. Feed him, but he wants to be the person who's feeding, and that's the problem. So now he's not in control of the team because if Luke Walton tells him that he doesn't want him to bring the ball up, and then you kick the ball in, and then LeBron gets the ball and brings it up, what is Luke Walton going to do? He's going to give in. Well, here's the thing. We're going to see what Rob Palenka can do now. Because the the ball's in his hands. I there's a weird dynamic that I see about this whole situation with uh it, you know it, Rob Palinka being Kobe Bryant's guy, which then in turn is the guy that kinda ousts uh Magic Johnson, you know? Matter of fact, we got a we got a, a, a long time contributor and caller that wants to come in and talk injuries. Let's get him. Hello. Doctor Plants, how you feeling? I'm doing good. Who's this? This is Omar Miller coming at you live on the Ozone. <laughs> I'm coming at you about a stem cell procedure that I need. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the podcast. Easy. <laughs> it's easy, easy peasy. For you, I'll just double it once, okay? <laughs> hey, man, we're here. You're, with the, you're in the Ozone. You are a family to the Ozone, a longtime contributor. We haven't had you on in a while. You're busy saving everyone's lives. And uh wanted to talk to you about what's going on in the NBA right now. A lot of teams are beat up, and there was three injuries that I wanted to run by you. Uh, I'll lay them out to you. You speak to them as you see fit. The star okay. of, of the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Damon Lillard, has what they call separated uh, separated ribs. Uh, we'd like to speak about that. We'd like to speak about the injury for Boogie Cousins. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk that right now. Let's speak let's on that. Let's talk. Yeah, let's, let's clarify one thing. I don't know if you know what, you know, you can give my name out now. Because so, <laughs> we had an agreement that they would use my name because I would get swamped. So I'm actually going to move to um, the Cayman Islands so you can send all the people you want. <laughs> I, I, I'm just I, me. <laughs> and, and and just to let, tell you about the NBA, one, that's the first group of, uh, what do you call it, basketball players or sport that I ever treated was like with Bill Walton and Lionel Hollings and David Torczyk when they won the world the world championship. I was treating a few of them. So they all got good. Huh. But this with a rib, a rib would have to be not a strain but a sprain because it involves ligaments that go around between the rib, and it depends on where it's at. If it's in the front, usually the sternum, you know, the breastbone, or it's free-floating ribs that uh, sprain where they go into the cartilage. Those ones are really hard to treat. I mean, it takes a long time because we breathe at least 20 times a minute. Unless you're playing basketball, you're probably doing 60 times a minute. Wow. And so with the constant, constant movement of the lungs, what happens is it gets swollen where the cartilage and the bone meet, but you get interosseous between the ribs. There's veins, arteries, and nerves, and, and it, it just is painful if you don't do it right. But it, you need to know if it's a posterior or in the back of the rib or if it's in the front. So if it's clutched in the front chest, then that, that's probably just like a costochondral strain sprain. And in the back, it would be a sprain right at um, the junction where it attaches to the vertebrae in the ribs. And uh, that is a little bit more difficult because it's near the uh, 
the nerve that comes out of the uh, vertebrae, and that will sometimes cause more pain. But what the caveat with all this is if it's not broken, you have to heal it with re, uh, respiratory resistance, which would mean not blown into one of those things that give you in the hospital because there's no resistance. But you take, um, like, party balloons. All my patients, with, even with fractures, I tell them, blow into a party balloon as hard as you can four or five times a day, and that causes reverse pressure in the lung, which then keeps the ribs from, you know, closing down. The sprains of the ribs and fractures, it's really common to get pneumonia if you're not moving your lungs. So I always tell them, oh, it hurts when I, when I breathe into a balloon, you know. I don't care. Just do it. <laughs> and, and if it's in the front or the back where the cartilage and the bone and a joint meet, that is a lot of us, you know, do nutritionally, like I'm going to talk about the other stuff. Add some proline, add some cysteine, add some, um, um, stay away from turmeric and flaxseed because that actually instigates the inflammatory process, regardless of what everybody thinks when they go and buy it and put it in their bread and stuff at home. Wow. Um, it's just not good. But the worst, worst about those kind of injuries is because you do breathe so much during the day and do not get it manipulated. As you know, I went to medical school, chiropractic school, did the naturopathic thing and all that. Um, so do the nutrition, hot and cold. You need good circulation there, so it's hot and cold. On that kind of one, you can put ultrasound or um, use electrical muscle stimulation. Both of those go pretty deep, and they, they actually increase the blood supply. As you get older and you get an injury, it's hard. It's like a swamp. My, the doctor that taught me, he goes, it's full of fluid. It's full of edema from other stuff. Nothing good grows in a swamp. So you've got to ice it and heat it to get it to pump out. Swamp so, I'm thing on the scene. Swamp. Yeah, so it's, pretty, that, it's all pretty easy. Now, if it's in the anterior portion or the front of the chest for the sternum or for the cartilage there and the floating ribs, that one, I would automatically go poor man prolo, um, rich man prolo combined with PRP. But it doesn't take much. You just have to go right where, the, right where the pain is. And a low dose, if you get too much, you know, it tears the joint more. So it's just up to resistance. And then you tell them hot, cold, hot, cold. Do the breathing exercises. Then within four or five days, come in. And we do the prolo up to about three times. And that and usually within one to three weeks, it's like 100%. So that's an easy fix. Wow. Well, he's out of the playoffs, so he's got nothing but time to come visit and get himself together. Right. Now, who's still in the playoffs are uh, the Golden State Warriors, and they have two players. One with uh, they're calling uh, DeMarcus Cousins injury a, a torn quad, and the second is Kevin Durant, which I do believe that you saw, which everybody thought was Achilles, but you seem to agree with the, the official statement that they're saying that it's a calf injury. Can you speak on those? Okay, so let's talk about the other one, the quadriceps. Actually, this, this, this method is, will include both of those injuries and, and what you need to watch for. One, uh, with, in rehab, I'm going to try to make this real simple so I'm stumbling, Omar, but human beings are biped. Well, at least most of them that I know. And so, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, <laughs> it's, I could do a lot of comedy on that. But um, when you're upright and you want to balance the mechanisms in your brain, tell you when you're leaning one way or the other, and it tightens up the muscles that are proprioceptive, which means for balance, so you don't fall. And so you'll see these athletes, pro athletes, and I don't know who their trainers are, but when you cross your legs and you stand upright, you'll see them before they go out and they're warming up, or a hurdler. You see them standing up and they're, quote-unquote, stretching the hamstring in their calves. Wrong. 
the brain is firing off stay tight muscle because we're falling. Mm. So when you're doing that, you're actually tearing the muscle. So most people will get a cramp in the calf because they've been stretching wrong instead of warming up. Warming up is much more important. Don't stretch. You can stretch if you're lying down because those muscles will relax automatically because you're already falling and the brain doesn't care. So you just stretch it that way. And that's usually reflex stretching, which means if you want to stretch the, the um, quadriceps, you have to do resistance where you try to pull, involve the hamstrings, so they're pulling backwards. It's, except for two diseases, that you can't have flexors and extenders tighten at the same time. So when you tighten up to stretch the quadriceps, then you know, let the person you know, tighten up their hamstrings, automatically the quad has to relax, and then you can stretch. But, you know, EMS, electrical stimulation, ultrasound will help both of those all the way. The, um, yeah, that hamstring is usually just because, you know, they stretch too much beforehand. Oh, wow. And, and so that's, that also applies to Kevin Hamstring Grant, you know, or the quad? Down, either one. Okay. They, you just, you just got you you to stretch them laying down and use reflex, which means tie up the muscles on the other side. So those ones have to relax. It's like I, but I do. You go to a doctor and he takes a hammer, does your reflex underneath your kneecap. Right. Right when you hit it with the, the it's this is hard to fathom, but let, let me tell you, if you hit it with a hammer, you notice the leg comes right up right away. But between the time between the hammer hitting that that ligament there in your kneecap, it goes to the brain, comes back at down and tells the other muscle to relax. I mean that's millionths of a second. It's pretty freaking cool. Wow. Wow. That is cool. Wow. So, they, That's that, really cool. so and you want to prove it, watch the Olympics or any college uh, track meets. You see them all line up on their blocks to do hurdles. And the, the guy that's, I always told my son this with the last Olympics, I said, the guy that's standing up, cross his legs, and bouncing down to touch his toe is going to be the first one to pull the hamstring. And sure enough, you watch the race, when somebody will grab their hamstring like about the th- third um, hurdle. <laughs> And suddenly cramp up. I said, "See." So, and the other thing is, when they get these cramps, they always want to give you um, bananas. Takes six feet of bananas a day to get the normal amount of potassium. So, and that's why gorillas are so angry. But, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, tip your nurses. He'll be here all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with so I've you don't believe all, all. so so you don't believe so that. Let's go, let's go to cap. Let's, the injury, the injury problem, Achilles and calf, calf pain, calf pain is, is very memorable in the brain. Uh, uh, tearing your Achilles, most people don't feel a thing. They just hear a pop. So um, those are all due to lack of stretching properly or training properly. Um, when, you, when you get a pain in the calf, that could be kind of dangerous. not that easy. Once it swells up, there's not much blood supply, and it can get ischemic and formed scar tissue, which makes the calf even tighter. And you don't know if it's a soleus muscle, which lies back of the uh, gastrocnemius or to the outside of it. There's a bunch of tendons and ligaments and muscles all involved in that. But you want to make sure that they don't. You want them to stretch it. You want them to use the EMS to stimulate it because that's like light exercises. Don't use a bicycle. Don't do stairs and steps until you got your full range of motion again. But what happens in the psyche, like if you tear an Achilles, less than 3% of the basketball players ever get back on the court. Spraining a calf, you become ginger with it. You try to like, okay, I don't want to have that happen again. So 
I would say in those, easiest food, the same as hot and cold. And then uh, I would, depending on where it's at, if it's at the top of the calf, at the bottom where the Achilles starts, um, I would probably use only PRP for that if they don't get better within the first seven days. Um, and because you don't want to put stuff in there when it's, when it's still swollen, you don't want to give too much pressure in there. But you got to watch for compartment syndrome, and that's where it continues to bleed to the capillaries or the veins. The veins, and it will if a muscle's torn, it gets so more swollen. And you have a red neck, and it looks like cellophane wrapping around those muscle groups, so they don't pop out of the body. If it gets swollen too much in there, you have to literally go in and just use a scalpel and lance it and let it drain. Oh, jeez. So, but yeah, usually they'll get better. Um, I also, as you know, I'm a shoe fanatic. So, um, oh yeah. The more these guys wear these wedge-shaped soles on their shoes, you know, that's, if you look at the wedge and you draw a line on both sides where they come together as a point, you'll see that the top of that point is the center of the ankle or the calcaneus. That's like balancing a basketball on a pyramid. All it takes is one little breeze or turning your ankle one way or the other or not able to stop quickly. You slip and, and sprain it. You know, don't, that's why you don't make, they should be square. And you, the, that guy needs to know how to shop for a shoe, which means a good heel cup, the posterior seam that sews the heel cup together in the back above the heel. It should be 90 degrees because you want, you want everything to be symmetrical straight up and down. But with those wedges, what happens is you roll your ankle, and that's terrible. Plus, you know, those guys are on, you know, sweaty floors that are oiled up. Why they use the oil on those, those damn mops, I don't know. But <laughs> as you know, I came up with a new sole for tennis shoes. And they're pretty much non-slip. I first came up with them in the 70s um, up in Oregon, and then I didn't patent it, so I just got done patenting it. But these are like non-slip, good rebound. They don't break down by oxidation. I'm just having trouble getting in contact with it because I, I told you I emailed Under Armour. I got one quick email. I emailed Nike and, you know, probably four or five, six times. So whoever calls me and wants these new souls or wants a demonstration, heck, I'm going to... I'm going to go with those. Well, but you know that because I, I, I showed you. I'm going to, I'm going to, you can sign me up for a pair doc. Me too. And, uh, and cause I, I'm, I've turned my ankle to the point where my ligament's so stretched. It's like a noodle, but quick question before you <laughs> go, who do you like? Go. I don't know if you've been watching at all. Who do you like to win the championship? Well, I was going with Milwaukee at first, but they kind of choking. Oh, um, the Terry likes Milwaukee, a, like lot. Milwaukee a lot. You're talking, you're talking his language now. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, you know, Golden State, um, the problem is you have, it's hard to tell who's the leader of the band, you know, so they get a little disorganized sometimes. But this is what like we were just talking about because they have too many A guys. And now that they're two right. of their A guys are hurt, it seems like the team is more unified and more focused so that they're actually playing great ball. Too many Batmans, not enough Robins. Yeah, and if you notice, when, the, when those subs come in in the second half, they're not playing regular basketball. They're playing street, sandlot, backdoor kind of basketball. They're going for everything they can. And if they think they get through, you know, you, know, you play basketball or court outside. Street ball is different than regular NBA. This says, do your best. I'm not going to tell you what to do. And just go for it. And that's what these guys are doing, running up and down the court, because they're just having fun. It's a game. You can see well, you that they're having the prima fun. Donnas. You can see yeah, that they're the having fun. And yeah, the prima donnas aren't going aren't to want to pass off to somebody. They're going to always want to shoot themselves. And it disorganizes the plan. 
one you were asking me which one I like. Now, Portland Trailblazers, like I said, I, I was trading some of them in the 70s. Um, I don't think those guys I think are still guys, <laughs> I I think they... I I think they yeah should go into a retirement home for a while, um, <laughs> or or go to the Himalayas or Mexico City where it's a mile high and start exercising because they're so old they they get do you see how short of breath they were in the second half? Oh man, yeah. you know what that I mean, was too? That was from that was from they never recovered from that four overtime game against right. Denver in the previous round. They never recovered. Those guys, none of them, they yeah. never got it back together. Especially poor Ennis Canner, who's on Ramadan, who can't eat during the day and drink right. water. Like yeah. you, you, you never, <laughs> come on, bro, you got to play. Well, you, I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to eat and drink. And I understand that. Uh, obviously, he's super committed. But to if they can't eat and drink, and just we, if they can't eat and drink, we've got intralipid fats, we do IV fluids. With he can't, all can't do any of that. Him. He can't do any of that. Yeah, it's against his religion. It's against his faith. So he's uh, like he stuck a sun up check. to sun down. Now check check. If, tell him to read the book again. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm telling you, I don't think Muhammad so, spoke on the IV. But give me your pick because we got to move on, Doc. Who do you like? Gold, Golden State. Golden State for a three-peat. Well, Dr. Plants. Yeah, I think they're going to win by like 15 or 20 at least. Jeez. Wow. Well, we appreciate having you, man. Thank you for your wisdom. Uh, you're always welcome to contribute on the Ozone, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. All right. Man, it's great to see you guys. Don't forget to come in. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right. A lot of wisdom there with Dr. Plants. Wow, a lot of medicalpedia, folks. Right. I don't know if uh, if you were able to follow that. I think any of our, our aspiring trainers, doctors, nurses, everybody who listens that's into that must have that, – that was a That's a more than a medical 101. Boy, that, he he went a, in depth. Yeah, he has a lot of – he has a lot of information. He's helped me a lot. Um, but moving on, you know, it's time to talk just a little bit of football. And a little bit of football that I want to talk about is with this very disturbing Kellen Winslow the second trial getting started. Have you seen this? No, I have not. Please enlighten me. I don't know. I don't think you're gonna be want to, want to be enlightened about this. Kellen Winslow Jr. is accused of raping four women. Four three three women. I think he's accused of raping, and two women he's accused of exposing himself in indecent exposure with an erection of himself. and Now, I heard about that in the past. Yes, and now the trial is starting. And so he's in trial, and a woman is saying that uh, she had – she. It's, I mean, it's really disturbing. And you look at it, even to be accused of this is difficult. And they're old ladies. He is – Praying on old ladies as per the allegations. And you just can never tell by looking at a guy what's ticking on the inside. You know, you what? just never know. The guy is the son of a professional athlete. Yes. One of the women was his neighbor who wow. said that she was out watering her lawn and he came up with the rock harders and exposed his, his junk. That's OC. And, and then followed her somewhere, saw her somewhere else and just pulled it out and started stroking it. Like, whoa, what is going on? It's, it seems like it's some kind of trigger with her that he's losing it, right? Well, but then he picked up another woman who's 55 years old. This woman, I think, was 74. He picked up a 55-year-old hitchhiker, and she claimed that he, he raped her. Um, this was there's a, there's a lot in this case that for a guy, and it's interesting. The reason I bring it up, one, he's a former NFL player, but two, they're not putting CTE or football on trial here because his defense – was that these were all consensual acts. 
That's what his his defense lawyer is putting out. Not that oh he he was insane or his mind is right. deteriorated and blah 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 blah. And I think that that's very interesting because they don't have a test for CTE right now while you're alive. This is they have a CTE test for once you've passed. You know, this is crazy. Ah, uh, nuts! Completely nuts. I don't understand that. Nor do I. Nor do I. But I just want to put that in your on your radar so that you can monitor that situation. And uh, moving on really quickly to the game of baseball. It is uh, knee-deep in the season. How about the Yankees? The Yankees have come back. The Yankees come around. Gary Sanchez just hit another home run right now. Was it a three-run tater? Yeah, three-run tater. And, and, and Gary Sanchez is good for 14 bombs. The Yankees, I have to give credit to Aaron Boone, I guess, because the Yankees are playing baseball without all of their main guys. Right. Uh, Stanton just went on rehab. And he had a bomb, his first at bat. He's probably so anxious to play. Yeah, right. He hasn't been able to play for about a month. Uh, yeah. Beginning of the season. I think he got a week's worth of work in, and then right. he got hurt twice. Like, he got two injuries. What do you think that is with him? I, and you know what? I think there may be a little bit of the Yao Ming, where you're too big for your frame, mm-hmm. even though you're the perfect size for your frame but as far as, as far living. As playing the sport. But as far as playing, depending on which sport that you're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't know, but I know that he's he's seems like he gets hurt a lot. But when he plays, he's you know he's productive. Yeah, the Yankees are looking real, but Tampa Bay are they're not really fading. They're there still. They're going through their lull right now. But they, I wouldn't give I wouldn't count them out. I think the Red Sox are more in trouble than anybody because their pitching staff is a mess. They got Price back last night. He looked pretty good. Yeah, but what about the bullpen? The bullpen is I, they just need to go pay Krimbrel. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody wants to pay the people, and I don't know what that is. A collusion. Yeah, huh? That's basically collusion. They're just basically just like with the analytics. The analytics run down your value when you come up with right when, when you wow. come up with fake statistics, virtual statistics. I can always find a way to devalue you through those fake statistics. <laughs> fake statistics, yeah. ten times. <laughs> yeah, that's tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's unique, New but, York. Yeah, but there is no reason for him not to be playing. Just like there is no reason for Dallas Keuchel not to have a gig. There's no reason you except know, for them not wanting to pay him. Especially, you know, when you look at all these teams out there who are struggling that don't have – even the Red Sox. The Red Sox need him. I mean, the Red Sox literally have Chris Sale, Rick Porcello, and Eduardo Rodriguez. Now David Price is back, but you still need pitchers. You still yeah. need a bullpen. You still need yeah. – you know, and you're in third place now, right? They- third place fading. You're four and a half. Yeah. I mean, but they have been hot recently. The seven out of, they won seven out of their last ten. Yeah, and that was but when they played against the Astros, once again, you know, you're talking about playing against an elite team, right? Then you can't compete. And there's a lot of free there's a lot of free wins in the AL East this year because two teams are completely uncompetitive. Yes, the the Blue Jays and the and, Baltimore Orioles are yes. a couple of the worst teams. So in you got a layup right there. <clears throat> and if you lose any of those games to them, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I would say the surprise so far this year, uh, other than Boston, is the Minnesota Twins. Really, I would take the Arizona Diamondbacks as well. You think? See, the reason I would go with the Twins is because the Twins are in first place. Yeah, the, the Diamondbacks are six games back, so it's not like it's close. But they don't have; they don't literally have like all, uh, offensively. What talent do they have? No, no, no. I hear what you're they saying. They got rid of Paul Goldschmidt, and they're still competing. They got they're still they, they're in second place. Mm-hmm, they, they, the Dodgers are are stretching it out. And honestly, I'm telling you the truth. The Dodgers, I think, are going to hit that period like they like to hit where they get hot. And when it gets hot, mm-hmm. and if these teams keep messing around, if you're down six in mid-May, the, lights the, out. it can be lights out. It lights can be out. lights out. Because Clayton Kershaw is still undefeated, despite the fact that he's not the same right. Clayton he Kershaw. Win. He's winning right now he's against winning. Tampa Bay. Yeah, and he knows how to win mm-hmm. in general. 
Uh, the Cubbies are, are have taken over first place. Man, I love the Cubs. Even though I hate the Cubs, I love the Cubs. You like them on that <laughs> MLB 19, huh? I do. Period. <laughs> Mets are fading. He How about you in the Cespedes? Oh, that's terrible. I mean, but he's giving us a Cespedes. Right he's now. giving us the Cespedes. And I, I heard some, some meme that was hilarious that said, and so uh, Yoanis Cespedes came out with news today that he's going back on the Cespedes list. <laughs> <laughs> Broken ankle. You know he's playing around with those horses. Broken ankle on the ranch. Yeah. Broken ankle on the ranch to me means that he probably was on a horse. Yes. You know, and he was having heel problems already. Yeah. I would say that I would dare to say that his career might be over. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I was actually thinking the same thing. You know, because, because it's another year. I can't remember the last time you year for you to come back and then try to get prepared to face elite pitching and elite. And you haven't played in three years. You haven't played years. <laughs> I don't know if he's played since the World Series, since they were in the World Series. Yeah, I don't. And do they need him? I mean, they need something, but I don't think it's him. They got to get. They need that big stick. If they had a compliment to Pete Alonso, right? Pete man, Alonso has fifteen bombs. If they had a just imagine if he had a compliment out well, there, and they're not getting what they thought they were going to get from Robinson Cano, uh, which I thought that they would, they're getting exactly what they signed up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the other side of his career. Well, and he was on the juice before too. Yes, you know, yes, and this th- is true. Let's not negate that because he's on yep. the juice, and now we're looking at a player that's past his prime and was on the juice, and you sign him for some cheese, and now it's. Way too much, way too many passes in general in all the sports about the juice. It's, yeah. uh, it's something that's very interesting to me how it goes. Um, yeah, I, I, I just jumping back to boxing, you saw the guy that beat her, J-Rock Williams, who had a great game plan, mm-hmm. came out and said, listen, I got the belt, and anybody that's facing me, is I, you will not face me without 90-day random VADA testing. You're not going to cycle him. on and off on me. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's I don't not either. fair. I don't either. Because if I decided I don't want to use it, then I'd still have to submit, you know, to the other person who's, who I'm competing against if he decides to use it. And he has the unfair advantage. It is an unfair advantage. No doubt. No no two ways about and it. any other sports. Yeah. I mean, that's why we watch all these pitchers who throw in 100 miles an hour, you know, and then their arms are, you know, hanging on by a string. I mean, the hitters, they, they keep talking about why are the balls – why are the balls leaving the stadium like they are nowadays? I don't believe that it's launch angle or anything else. Obviously, there are probably still guys out there who are dirty, you know, but you're talking about guys who are throwing 100, 100 miles an hour, and then you're talking about another guy who's on the other side of the ball. All he needs to do is make any kind of contact. I think too much emphasis is putting on the hitter about the ball traveling than the pitcher. Wow. Wow. Let's speak on it. You just gave us the plants of baseball. I love it. Thank you very much. I I'll be love here all it. week. yeah i uh you know what i think that the game is and has changed but ultimately when we watch just like we said before the teams that win the world series are the teams that play the game uh, the traditional way right and the dodgers have sort of the dodgers i can't front ladies and gentlemen you're gonna hear from me first and a lot of people have tried to reach out and blah 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 and, and and jump on me Cody Bellinger may be the best player in baseball right now. Yeah. And and you might have saved his career. The, the the reason being is that Cody Bellinger uses the whole field now. Yeah. I'm sure he heard your battle cry. I listen, and and I was not trying to pick on the young man. I was No, but you want to see him live up to his potential. And he's doing that now, but unfortunately, until I see it in October, I still won't believe. Because in October is when things are gonna tighten up. Well, he's going and to win the batting title because he's batting 400 right now. He's batting 400 in May. Yeah. He'd have to go on a crazy <laughs> he'd have to slump. Go on a crazy slump to, to yeah. not even end up 360. Uh, 350, yeah, 340, 350. 
and but he doesn't with the kind with the with the attributes and the talent that he has that slump isn't a given no he can if he runs into a slump he can speed himself out of a slump. Yes. He has speed. I've seen him He's hit the ball player. the other bl- the other way against the shift. Lay I've seen him lay down bunts. Let me tell you, they can't stop the young man. And if that's the case, the Dodgers are going to be tough. Biggest thing that I want to bring up about the Dodgers is, and I, I'll be the first one to say it out loud, I don't believe that uh, Kenley Jansen should be the closer anymore. Wow, you're going to say it, huh? Yep. Something that I've been seeing for a little while. I mean, he's throwing that flat cutter now. His velocity is down. He's he's never has clean innings anymore. and It's hard to. And I think that because of the stuff, but be also because of the issue with his heart, I think he's still a major league pitcher. Yeah. I think he would Just be a, middle a reliever. monster setup man or a middle reliever. Oh, how about if he was an opener? I don't mm-hmm. like the opener concept. Yeah, I don't. I don't want Kinley to come out in the first and get frustrated and then get a runner on base and let them steal a bunch of bats. <laughs> uh, I, I, you I can shut you down in the beginning of the game. You talk about him shutting you down for an inning or two in the beginning of the game because I really don't feel like his stuff translates. Even as a, he would have to be a low leverage middle reliever at this point because his stuff is not as good. But then, as you, he then needs you to have be. to wonder if mentally he'd be willing to make that transition because. The closers thrive on that juice, which is why they always get ripped whenever it's a non-close situation. Right, and I've heard in the past that when they were talking about picking up another closer slash bullpen guy like a Craig Kimbrell or anything, that he was like, "Yeah, it's great to have him, but I, you know, he still wanted to be the closer." And I think that sometimes you just have to say to yourself that I don't have it anymore, and I, it's hard to say, you know, but realizing that you don't have the stuff to go out there and you blow a game that makes you feel even worse. It makes you feel even you hurt worse. the team. Man, especially when it's a guy who's thrown a gym or something, you know, right. something to that effect. How about Hunjin Ru? He's ran his scoreless streak up to 31 innings now. He's the best pitcher in, on the Dodgers staff right now. No doubt about it. I mean, him and Rich Hill, which I hate to say. I mean, Rich Hill, what has he done? It once, twice? He just came back. I know, but he's Hun Jin's yeah. been, been yeah. doing Hun this Hun for like Dillon. five, six parts, Dillon. five, six uh, starts. Yeah. Walker Bueller, what is that? Walker Bueller is not what he was. I last think they just got to get a sophomore slump. Yeah, and I also think that he has a little bit of fatigue. He's a skinny guy. Mm-hmm. I think he has a little bit of fatigue pitching so deep into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I also think that uh, the injury didn't help. He's just coming off Kershaw, Bueller, and Hill are all just coming off the DL. Right. So, or now they call it the IL, the injured list. Pardon yeah. me. And Urias is, just got reinstated back today. And saw I, that, but I don't think that they're going to let him start. Still, he's still going to be a bullpen guy. He'd be a great closer. He came in and shut the door that night that he closed. I hope the young man gets his his, his uh, domestic situation together because you yeah. hate to see these young guys having problems. They got the world in the palm of their hand, you know. Yeah, I don't know what happened with their situation, but it was supposed to be an argument between him and his girlfriend, and he pushed her down or something. Uh that's what's alleged. He yeah, and her swear that it didn't happen. Right. So the the MLB conducted his investigation. They put and him on paid administrative leave, and now they brought him back in. Yeah. So, well, folks, we're coming up on the, one of my favorite times of the year because the French Open is about to start, and I just love watching people play on clay. Uh, moving in, this is actually the first year in probably a decade where uh, other where when Rafael Nadal is playing that there's a chance that somebody can beat him. He actually lost mm-hmm. twice on clay this year. He ended up winning Rome by beating Novak Djokovic in three sets. I'm very interested to see that starting next Monday. We'll have an eye on that. We got an eye on some boxing coming up. And uh, you got anything else you want to add? That's it for right now. All right, ladies and germs, uh, I got some time off from work, so you will be hearing from us. Thank you so much for listening to The Ozone. I'm going to leave you with a quote from someone named Noah Harari. And it's a quote about focus. It says, in a world deluged by irrelevant information, clarity is power. And that is from Yuval Noah Harari. 
And it's true. Stay focused. Stay clear. We're all in this thing together, ladies and gentlemen. Try a little tenderness in the words of Al Jarreau. And uh, show some compassion to your fellow man. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is... Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the life.